Good morning. Welcome to this pre-recorded worship service at Church of the Palms for the first Sunday in February, the year 2021. We encourage you to create a worshipful space in your home or wherever you are. Silent the phones, maybe, and perhaps light a candle to recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit with you. This is Communion Sunday. We invite you to have the elements of bread and wine or juice nearby you, so when the time comes in worship, you will be taking communion together with us. The bulletin is on the website of the church if you like to print it and get it ready to follow along. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let anyone with ears listen. We worship a remarkable God. The love of God welcomes us. The grace of Christ awaits us. The joy of the Spirit enfolds us. Let us worship God.
If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But when we confess our sin, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Trusting in God's grace, let us pray our confession. Faithful God, we have claimed to have more knowledge than we really possess. We have presumed to judge others on the basis of our limited understanding. We have grasped for freedom without taking full responsibility for our attention, our actions. Our witness is weak and is directed primarily toward those whom we prefer to associate. By our actions, some of our sisters and brothers are excluded, some are misled, and some are unjustly accused. If we have violated another's conscience, if we have caused someone to fall, we are deeply sorry. For failing to do all Christ expects of the church, we repent and seek for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone and the new life is begun. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. I'd like to invite you to recite along the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sit it on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now please pass the Lord, the peace of the Lord, to those who are near you, and we too are passing to you the Lord, the peace of the Lord be with you.
Good morning again, and welcome to Church of the Palms and our pre-recorded service that will be airing on February the 7th. We're so glad that you are with us this day, and we are excited to share with you some upcoming events that you will want to make sure that you have on your calendars. Uh, next Sunday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, we of course will be worshiping in the morning, but we will also then be inviting you to come and join us for a drive-through, a Valentine drive-through on Sunday afternoon from 3 until 4.30. We will invite you to come uh, via your cars to drive through our parking lot. We'll have several stations available for you, and we'll ask you to do that alphabetically, A through H uh, from 3 to 3.30, I through Q from 3.30 to 4, and R through Z from 4 to 4.30, that being the first letter of your last name. So we hope that you'll join us for that and we will be offering you all sorts of things as you come. We'll be giving you Lenten devotionals as we begin our Lenten journey uh, that coming Wednesday. Our ashes to go for Ash Wednesday that you can use as you uh, share with us during that time of Ash Wednesday evening. And we'll be giving warm greetings from the Church of the Palm staff, and we'll be giving treats to you and to your furry friends. And we're asking you to bring with you uh, to help us out as we support uh, our good friends over at Emma Booker Elementary School. If you would bring with you some uh, candy, specifically some bags, large bags of M&Ms and large bags of jelly beans, not individual jelly beans, but large bags of both M&Ms and jelly beans and some Easter eggs. Uh, they will be using those, of course, at Emma Booker to, uh, to share with children over there as they celebrate that particular time of the season. So we hope that you'll bring those and drop them off while you drive through during our time again on February 14th from 3 until 4.30. On February 15th, the next day, we'll be hosting once again our Race in the Church discussion via Zoom, and we'll be talking about the book Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. It will be at 6 o'clock. We'll go to 7.30, as I said, on Zoom, and we'll be having a special guest from our sister church, Light of the World Church, Harold Young, who will help to kind of guide us through our discussion on uh, that very, very good book, Cast, which I have found very helpful for me in terms of thinking through issues around race. And then on Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, February the 17th, we will invite you to join us here in the, in the sanctuary for Ash Wednesday worship, or if you choose to stay at home, we invite you to watch live stream. As we begin our Lenten journey, we will be receiving the sign of the cross, and we will be also just reflecting upon the journey that we begin as we wander through the wilderness of not only COVID, but also through uh, our Lenten season. You can register for that service online, and uh, as well, you can just join us live stream uh, on Wednesday evening at 6.30, February the 17th. This coming Wednesday night, we'll have our, our final uh, documentary discussion on the 20th Century Saints, this one, Thomas Merton, and you can find uh, the film biography of Thomas Merton on YouTube. We will begin at 7.30. Again, register online for that Zoom call. And then perhaps most important of all, go Bucks. This is the moment in the service when we think about gratitude. 
a Christian writer wants to find it as thankful appreciation for what we receive, whether tangible or intangible. With gratitude, we acknowledge the goodness in our lives, and it helps us to connect to something larger than ourselves, whether to each other or to our church or to our Lord. Our people in this community have found their connection in their gifts, and they are so much appreciated. God has truly blessed us during this time of stress and difficulty. And your faithfulness and generous giving has made such a difference to your church. You have gone the extra mile. So as we continue down this road for the unforeseeable future, we pray that your giving will continue, whether through the website, or a check, automatic bank withdrawal, or text. And we trust that it will continue to be a blessing to you. Thank you for your generosity and the support of the many ministries in our community and the world.
Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, who has not spared his Son, but delivered him up for us all, and has given us freely all things, we pray that the offerings and gifts that have been received, not only to be dedicated to you, but to be enabled so that we'll all yield ourselves in body, soul, and spirit to your service, and in that find our deepest joy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Good morning. I am here for the children's moment. It's Miss Sarah. A couple of announcements first. One, Miss Carol is having so much fun on Sunday mornings with her hedgehogs upstairs. People are adopting hedgehogs. And if you haven't adopted a hedgehog or if you're watching church from home, you reach out to Miss Carol and I know she'll find just the right one for you. She's also planning a very special day to Cedar Kirk for our third to fifth graders and their parents, if their parents would like to go on March 6th. And you can find more information about that on the website. And finally, there's no youth group this week because everyone told me they're gonna watch the Super Bowl. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna watch it too. So but now I'm gonna tell you a story today. If someone were to ask you to tell them what the Bible is about, one thing you might say is that it's a story about God's goodness to us. And when we spend time talking with Jesus, praying and listening for God's voice, or reading our Bibles, God's goodness affects us. And there's lots of stories in the Bible where we can see this happening. I'm going to tell you today about one example. It's about this guy named Zacchaeus. It's a funny name, right? I don't know anybody named Zacchaeus, but anyway, his name was Zacchaeus, and he was a tax collector, and he was not, he didn't have very many friends. People were not very, they didn't feel like he was a very nice man. Maybe they felt like he took more than he should, and they felt like he had a really tiny heart. Can you see that? This is what his heart looked like. It's little, it's not even red, it's black, it's wrinkly. Well, there's good news, though. Listen to what happened. One day, Jesus came to the town where Zacchaeus lived, and lots of people wanted to see Jesus, including Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus was a really short man, but he found a tree, and he climbed the tree so he could see Jesus. And you know, Jesus saw him up in the tree, and he said, hey, Zacchaeus, come down from there. I want to play at your house today. I want to hang out with you. Well, Zacchaeus was really excited, and he felt great joy, and he hurried. He got down from the tree, and he took Jesus to his, his house. Now, some people were saying, 
why does Jesus want to go to his house? He's not even a very nice man. He has a little tiny wrinkly black heart. Well, what they didn't know is that Zacchaeus' heart was changing from being Zacchaeus's heart was changing from being with Jesus. In fact, Zacchaeus said this to his new friend Jesus. He said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times what I stole from them. And Jesus said, salvation has come to this home today, and for this, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who were lost. Jesus came for people just like Zacchaeus and for you and me. Jesus knew Zacchaeus had changed and his heart had changed. And look what happened to his heart. Then it looked like this. Big and red and full of love and full of goodness. When we spend time with Jesus, we start to show goodness from the inside, from our hearts, because we love Jesus and we want to please him. And so our actions start to change to show goodness. And that's true for you and me. All we need to do is, even though we can't be with Jesus in person like Zacchaeus could, we can talk to Jesus by praying. We can listen for God's voice. We can spend time reading our Bible and allowing the Holy Spirit to reach into our hearts to make them big and full of love and goodness. Will you pray with me? Jesus, your goodness amazes us. Thank you for showing love to Zacchaeus. Thank you, Jesus, for your love for me. Please fill us with your Holy Spirit and show us how good you are. Help us to grow in showing goodness to others, even when it's hard. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. What a great segue to our new series that we are beginning in the month of February called, How Does Your Garden Grow? We'll be taking a look at God, the tiller, the planter, the nourisher, and the pruner. All of this will be in an effort to help us to grow into and produce our new fruit of the Spirit called generosity. We're going to start today with that well-known parable of the four soils that Jesus tells in all three of the synoptic gospels. We'll read it from the, the story from Matthew 13, beginning at the first verse. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came, and they ate them up. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Open our hearts and minds, merciful God. 
and help us to listen for the good word you intend for each of us on this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We may not be farmers here in Sarasota, but most of us probably cannot imagine a sower being so careless or so reckless with his precious seed. That alone makes you kind of stop and think for a minute about Jesus' story. Preaching professor Tom Long claimed that Jesus taught in these confusing parables in order to make people think deeply about what the gospel is all about. He claimed that Jesus did not want to have people grab the gospel too quickly because such an action could result in bad faith or shallow faith that wouldn't last long. In that connection of wanting people to grow deeper, Reverend Long told this story. The great preacher George Buttricks was once flying on an airplane. He was furiously scribbling some notes for his sermon while the man sitting next to him said, say, what are you working on there, sir? Well, my, my sermon for Sunday, you see, I'm a, I'm a Christian preacher. Oh, the other man replied, well, I don't like to get caught up into the complexities of religion. I like to keep it simple, you know. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The golden rule, that's my religion. I see, Reverend Buttrick replied, well, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm an, ast I'm an astronomer. I teach astrophysics at a university. Ah, yes, astronomy, Buttrick shot back. Well, I don't like to get caught up in the complexities of science. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. That's my astronomy. Who would ever need any more than that, eh? Well, today, let's dig just a little deeper and see what Jesus is trying to teach us about God and about ourselves. The first thing that I picked up on in reading this parable was the behavior of this reckless sower. God the sower is flinging seeds extravagantly, generously, and indiscriminately, not judging at all which people and places are worthy of them and which are not. It does remind me of the prodigal son with that father who was that, has that extravagant, generous love even for, maybe especially for, his wandering son. This kind of generosity gives me hope because I know that throughout my life I have certainly been like all four types of soil. I'm just praying that God will continue to toss out the seed of the word of God so that I might receive it and actually grow a bit of good fruit. Let anyone with ears listen. So what did you hear? Where are you in this parable today? Are you like the soil on the hard path? The first batch of seed fell on a footpath. The soil's main, pat, main task is not receiving seed, but receiving feet. It's hard-packed ground that receives the activity of people, not the activity of the sower. And I wonder, has something hardened your heart and mind so that the word cannot penetrate and grow? 
I imagine this type of soil is found in a person who has experienced a loss or heartache that just calcified around their heart. Their lives are marked with bitterness and resentment. Many times this comes from a heart that just can't forgive, making it impossible to hear the good news. Mark Nepo writes, to listen is to continually give up all expectation and to give our attention completely and freshly to what is before us, not really knowing what we will hear or what that will mean. In the practice of our days, to listen is to lean in softly with a willingness to be changed by what we hear. Maybe, instead of the hard path, you find yourself more like the rocky soil. I read that some soil in Palestine was thinly laid across limestone. A rain-like dew common in that area made this topsoil damp and therefore nutritious. Seed falling into it would immediately come to life, but as soon as the sun rose, it cooked the dampness away. The seed and its life were just as immediately scorched and withered away. This is like the person who hears the word of God and truly receives it with joy, but there are no roots. So at the first sign of trouble or hardship, the person immediately falls away. Do you feel shallow in your faith or in your study of God's word? Growing roots takes time. And it takes some intentionality. And it often, for me at least, takes a person or a small group to hold me accountable. If you sense a stirring to want to grow deeper, I would encourage you to contact Pastor Mingy to join a small group or to join us in Lexio Divina on Wednesday mornings where we meditate on scripture together and we share how God is speaking to us. Or just begin to read the Bible on your own each day. There are great free reading plans easily available on the internet. Growing our roots deeply into God's word with God's people allows us to survive the trials of life and still bear good fruit. The poet Hafiz writes this about God. Not the God of names, nor the God of don'ts, nor the God who ever does anything weird, but the God who only knows four words and keeps repeating them, saying, come, dance with me. You see, God is always available, but sometimes it takes a calamity to actually make room on our dance card for God. It's those dances with God that deepen our roots and help us to flourish. Perhaps today, your soil is full of thorns and you are only able to hear the word of God through a choked listening. The great and small causes of the world get your energy and attention like breaking news and Facebook. The world promises salvation through success, security through wealth, happiness through beautiful things. Who among us hasn't allowed the seed to be choked out by the world? It reminds me of the story of the monk who once found a very precious gemstone. He put it in his knapsack and he carried it with him. One day, he met a traveler in need who asked the monk to share some of his provisions with him. 
The monk opened his knapsack and reached his hand in to share his food. When his fingers touched the gem, he lifted out the stone and he gave it to the traveler. Overjoyed by his good fortune in the valuable stone, the traveler went on his way. A few days later, however, the traveler caught up with the monk. He begged him, saying, please give me something more precious than this stone. Please give me that which prompted you to give me this precious stone. Maybe on this day, you humbly find yourself to be fairly decent soil. You are in a position to regularly hear the word of God. You strive to understand it and to make it your own. And then, of course, it grows within you and you bear good fruit. Friends, how does your garden grow? Are you flourishing? As I reflected back on my childhood, it seems that to prepare a garden, a garden that will flourish and produce good fruit, one must remove the rocks, pull the weeds, and then one must till the soil. When it's broken open and apart, the seed that is planted has a chance to germinate and grow deep roots and then produce some really good fruit. Sometimes we have the courage to till our own ground just by taking a long look at our dark stuff inside rather than just covering it up. We may need a counselor, a spiritual director, or a good friend to accompany us, but we can use all of that stuff for compost. What is compost, after all, but a bunch of old garbage that's being put to good use in the garden? We know it's junk, but once it's aged enough and brought into the light, it can become gold and can help us to grow and to flourish. Unfortunately, it is often suffering and pain that breaks our soil. I recently read the book called Broken Open by Elizabeth Lesser. In it, Glenn tells the story of his family. Glenn and his wife, Connie, had three children. Eric and Ryan were their identical twin sons, and Katie was their younger daughter. Life was good. Glenn had a high-paying job, and Connie stayed home with the kids, managing their endless activities of sports, scouts, school, and backyard play. The kids excelled. They were Eagle Scouts, state champions in sports, high honorees in academics, and accomplished musicians. So many blessings, so easily taken for granted. Eric and Ryan went off to college, one to study mechanical engineering, the other to study electrical engineering. Eric earned an opportunity to study for a semester abroad at the University of Melbourne in Australia. They communicated often over the next five months and shared in this adventure that Eric was having from playing rugby to rock climbing in Brisbane, playing saxophone and drums in a jazz combo he formed, sheep herding in Adelaide, and dirt biking in the outback. Eric was filled with the joy of living. On the way to the airport to catch his flight back home to his family, Eric crashed his rented motorcycle. His body was found in the ditch. As you might imagine, the entire family plummeted into the depths of despair. Glenn wrote, 
My delusion of control were destroyed on the day Eric died. My family fell apart. None of us knew that we had been living on the surface of a bubble until it popped. For months, the family was submerged in pain and agony. Glenn wrote, the place of hopelessness and fear is real. Some people never leave that place and are broken into pieces. Glenn and his family came to understand that although they do not have control, they do have choice. Victor Frankl, the Austrian psych psychiatrist who survived the Nazi death camps, wrote in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, life holds a potential meaning under any conditions, even the most miserable ones. Frankl says we have a gift no one can take from us, a hopeful, expansive, and eternal soul. Frankl wrote, you have the freedom to choose your attitude in any given set of circumstances. Well, I don't know if Glenn was familiar with Dr. Frankl's work, but he echoed his sentiment. Glenn wrote, although we might get thrust down into the deep, dark water, God wants us to come up to the light, but God will not force us to do it. We are free. We can choose darkness, fear, addiction, and despair. We can choose light, hope, meaning, and joy. Glenn wrote, by the grace of God, I chose life. Six months after Eric's death, after 23 years with a company that was grooming him to be the CEO, Glenn quit. He chose family over career. The family then rented a secluded cottage on a lake for the summer. They read, they sailed, they rested. They ate well, took long walks and canoe rides in the moonlight. They cried a million tears. By September, they felt ready to begin again. Connie became a hospice volunteer. Ryan returned to college and began playing his saxophone again, as well as coaching a 10 to 12-year-old Little League team. Katie went to Bolivia for a couple of months to work with homeless kids. She's studying to be a nurse. Glenn? Well, Glenn accepted a vice president position with a small nonprofit 15 miles from his home. It's a meaningful job, and he has a real passion for the company's mission. Glenn wrote, Eric is always near. They see him in nature, birds, butterflies, rainbows, and sunsets. But mostly, they feel him. They are awake, and nothing can break their circle. Nothing will ever be the same again since they've been broken open. Whether our soul is, whether our soil is hard-packed, full of weeds, or just a bit shallow. I think our heart responds to Jesus and the words he uses at the table and at the miracle of feeding thousands with just a couple of fish and a few dinner rolls. Jesus takes the bread. He breaks, blesses, and gives it away. In his generosity, we find abundance and blessing. In the same way, 
Jesus takes our broken life, blesses it, and when we choose to give it away, we too can have a life that flourishes and bears good fruit. The scripture tells us that people will come from east and west and north and south to feast with our Lord at his table. Today, apart as we may be physically, we have all come from different languages, backgrounds, and also cultures and orientations. We are all valued, loved, and invited guests by Jesus Christ to this table. While we are not together in the same place, we are feasting at the same table with our Lord Jesus Christ. And our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night of his arrest, took bread. After giving thanks to God, he broke it. and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body, broken for you. Take, eat, in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus also took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant, sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. So friends, every time 
we eat this bread and we drink of this cup. We proclaim the death of our risen Lord until he comes again and he will come again. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks that as we bring to you our various soils, our thorny soils, our shallow soils, our rocky soils, our broken soils, that you are the great farmer and the great planter, that you are the one who would place within us this bread and cup, that through it we may be nourished and through it we may grow to become that which you have called us to be. We thank you, O God, for the grace that welcomes us to this table. And pray, O Lord, that these common elements might become for us the mustard seed, the seed of the kingdom, that it may grow within us and that we may know truly of your love and of your grace, and that through us others will come to know the same. All this we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, the gifts of God for the people of God, let us receive Jesus' holy meal.
Let us pray. Father in heaven, as we have received these gifts of bread and wine, you have fed us with the spiritual food of the body and the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for assuring us of your goodness and your love, and that we are members of your body. Renew us, we pray, by your Holy Spirit. Unite us in the body of your Son, and bring us all with your people into the joy of your eternal kingdom through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Friends, it is my hope and prayer that we all take just a little bit of time this week to see what we might do to produce a soil that is ready to receive the good news of Jesus Christ. And now may the beauty of God be reflected in your eyes, the love of God reflected in your hands, the wisdom of God reflected in your words, and the knowledge of God flow through your hearts so that all might see and believe. And all God's children said, Amen.